we continue our studies on uh, the Christian mind. And if I'm doing all this because my eye, I have bad eyes and I got uh, I have cataracts growing here, and I'm supposed to get them operated on sometime soon. So lately, I'm just having a hard time seeing when I first get up in the morning, trying to focus. Okay. Should we get you a large print Bible? <laughs> no, that's what I've been normally use, but it, it all depends like this. No, I couldn't see this. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I had that problem too. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. I can see that, but I can't see this. I'll work it. I'll work it. <laughs> and so, uh, okay, so we're on this uh, second uh, leg of our journey. And uh, we're going to be doing things with the Christian mind and trying to uh, and um, talk about how it, how it relates to our um, our Christian life and how and our mind is very important. God has given us a brain to use, and oftentimes we do not like to use it, or we neglect to exercise it or strengthen it up and all that. But we have a mind, and God wants us to use it. I mean, let this mind be in you. <laughs> so we got a mind. Let's use. He wants us to use it. But this time, we're going to study a subject that I am. Uh, I've known about a lot. So if I get <laughs> verbose <laughs> or get carried away, uh, it's because uh, it is something that I am acutely aware of in society today. And what we, what I'm going to try to do in this study is try to make you aware of it. And the thing about it is, if you really become aware of this, this, this thing I'm going to be teaching on today, you'll begin to see it everywhere, because it is, it is everywhere. We're going to be talking about relativism. Mm -hmm. It is the chief philosophy in the world today, and many people don't realize it. And it is a problem. And the problem, the other problem is, it has also crept into the church. And a lot of times we don't even realize it. And uh, so we're going to be looking at that. So let's open a word of prayer so I can just jump in this right quick. Father, thank you for your grace and bringing us here this morning. <clears throat> thank you for the word of God and the privilege of being able to open it up and look at it and be able to speak to be able to learn from you and you can speak to us through the spirit to our hearts do that this morning here and all the classes and the preaching that is to come address hearts that need salvation address christian hearts that need to be drawn close to you and be comforted or just be encouraged and may you get all the praise and honor and glory in christ's name amen amen, amen. uh i have two quotes here they are that, that there are two of my my favorite quotes. Now, I don't know if the guy that said this originated it or not, but uh, the great Rush Limbaugh is the guy I heard it from <laughs> on the radio. I, both times I heard it, I, I, I said, I got to remember this. I wrote it down quickly because I, I love these quotes. He says, uh, one of them is, learn to think for yourself or others will do the thinking for you. Think about that. Learn to think for yourself or others would do the thinking for you. That is going on in the world today. A lot of times we are waiting for people to, teach, to tell us what to do and to do the thinking for us. And we have been conditioned that, to do that from education, from, from probably preschool all the way up into college now. We're gonna get a little bit of that today. The education system is not like it used to be. When I grew up, and it's not like it used to be when I grew up and when my mom grew up. It is, it is totally, totally different. There's a lot of things that have entered in and that are affecting everything that, that people do in their lives. So the other quote he has here is, uh, let me see, I added something to this. Read or listen to and be around people who think for they will inspire thought within you. Now, how do you do that? Get into books and listen to things, read things, watch things, find people that make you think, make you think deeply. A lot of times we spend most of our thinking in doing passive things. 
Uh, you can watch television and be, there's times for that, but you can watch television and find critical things to think about on television. There's things to, to look at. Uh, I mean, even nature shows, I love watching, uh, you know, I mean, I grew up when I was younger on Walt Disney, uh, or not Walt Disney, before Walt Disney, there used to be uh, Wild Kingdom came mm -hmm. on. And we would always watch the things about, and I, and I still love that stuff. So I find it on YouTube all the time, especially lions. I love watching and learning about lions. They're, the way they live so much mirrors our life and when you study and see what they do. But when I, you're studying all that and looking at all that, I'm always thinking, evolution cannot be true. This is just, there's no way it can be true. When you look at all the stuff that's involved in it, and they're constantly saying evolution did this and ev evolution can't do anything because it's not alive. And nature can't do anything because it's not alive. So. But I like those two quotes because it reminds me to keep your mind active, use it. These quotes express so much that is wrongheaded in our Western culture today. A lot of things that are, that are messed up in our culture today. We are uh, aware of a lot of our leaders go about, let's see here, uh, Many are, many are unaware of the mindless, mindless gibberish that has been uh, fostered and fed to us on a daily basis by satanic influences upon the ungodly leader, by our ungodly leaders today. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but blood against powers and principalities, against rules of the darkness of this age. I don't know if you realize this, but there are spiritual things that take place as well as in our world, as well as our as the physical things that we see going on. When you read the scripture and you see people possessed and all that kind of stuff, that stuff still happens. Satan is alive and well on planet Earth, just as well as God is, is, is alive. And we have kind of pushed Satan off into the corner and we don't think spiritual things are not happening, but they are happening. And we've kind of pushed that aside. Uh, but some of these people are being influenced by this kind of stuff. And uh, whether they are aware of it or not. And so what we put in our eye gate, what we read, what we hear, what we listen to, what we study, whoever's teaching us, there's a lot of, um, we must be aware and of a lot of satanic influences coming through all those kind of things negative spiritual things, influences that are coming to those things. And we gotta be able to battle against that. And if we're not aware of it, we will be absorbing it instead of resisting it or blocking it from our minds. Um, our leaders are supposed to be the wisest, smartest. Uh, they're supposed to be our, the, the kind of people that we put in office and school systems and to govern our lives. But lately, today, it seems that we got educated imbeciles that are running things. Now, the thing is, some of these people, a lot of these people are really smart. And a lot of these people are not as, you know, they may seem like imbeciles, but a lot of times, some of this stuff they're doing purposely. But then there are some that, a lot of them, they are just pretty much imbeciles. They believe things and embracing things and they really grasp a hold of things that we consider nonsense today. Or yesterday, we used to consider nonsense. It's been grasped as, as uh, truth today. And so um, it seems like there's not, not a motor or a rudder or a sail on the ship that's guiding our, our country and sometimes guiding our own lives today. We're just kind of floating here and there being jostled back and forth. Those of sturdier minds uh, dare to question our establishment. Our establishment tell us to conform, shut up, or be shut up, or even threatened with the loss of our livelihoods. If you question what they tell you, teach you, but as Christians, we have to question. We're to be discerners of truth. 
We'll be discerners of what is error. We need to know those things so that we don't go into those, those snares or those traps that the world is presenting to us. We have to be, what the Bible said, wise as serpents. Almost as does. We have to be wise as serpents. And so, um, and we have to know our enemy. And that requires being alert. It requires being uh, mentally aware of what's going on around you. When I was in the military, they teach, you, they teach us a lot about the enemy. You know your enemy, you know how to try to defeat your enemy. Your enemy is also studying you. Because if you don't do that, <laughs> you could end up losing the battle because you have not studied your enemy well enough. And we need to know what Satan does. We need to know what the uh, people are doing in the world that are trying to influence us away from God and away from the uh, moral foundations and spiritual foundations that, that, that God has given us and saved us into. Otherwise, our churches will, be, will they will get filled with a lot of false doctrine, false teachings and things like that, and we just go away. And it seems like, and you remember, y'all was thinking, whatever happened to all those churches in the first church when you read in Acts? Well, they're gone. Spiritual things have come in, people have come in, and they break down, but God always raises up churches somewhere else because the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And as long as man is involved in anything, anything, I don't care how good it is or how strong it is, it will eventually be torn down. Why? We're sinners. We're sinners. I, I went to in England. I lived in England for about 11 years. And I remember going down to uh, Spurgeon's Church, Metropolitan Tabernacle, um, down in London. And you go in there, you see this big old place, and they got this, the preacher goes on this, this podium that, that's high up. You got climbing stuff, you go up high up, and it's two stories. And it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to see. But the amount of people in there are minuscule compared to when you read about what was happening when he was there. What happened? What happened? The world comes in, and the world tears down. And even we as Christians, sometimes we, we bring things, things in upon ourselves because we are not always aware of what's going on around us spiritually. So, turn, let's see where I want to go here. I want to get there first. Turn, look at John chapter 18. And so on, verse 37 to 38, someone read that for me. 37? Yes. Therefore, Pilate said Oh, no, him, yeah, John 18, 37, 38, yeah. Therefore, Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you yourself said I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world. Bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him. Pilate is asking the question that we're going to be studying today. What is truth? When you study Greek, there is a definite article before the word truth. What is the truth? It's different from what is a truth, an indefinite article. A truth could be many different things. He wants to, what is the truth? <clears throat> what is the truth? In our world today, people are struggling to find truth and meaning in their lives, something that they can believe in and trust in to get them through their life. And so we got the influences from movie stars and politicians and gurus and psychologists and psychiatrists and teachers and friends and family and we're trying to find ways to live our lives and people are jumping back and forth back and forth back and forth trying to find something that they can trust to take them through their lives and it seems like they can't find anything 
And God has given us something that we can trust in, his, in the word of God. He's given us his son that we can trust. And that's our job is to get that message out to the lost and dying world. Tell them there is a foundation that you can trust in. There is someone that you can trust in that can take you through this life and, get, and be a pillow for your head when trouble comes and when sufferings come. And you know, I always, I always think about people every time, every time a disaster happens, why? Why, 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 why? Why did this, or when it personally happened, why does it happen to me? If God loved me, why did he allow it happen to me? And they don't have answers to this. We don't, they don't have answers to suffering. And God doesn't always give us the answer to suffering, but we know that all things work together for good, for the good, for us. Even we don't, we don't understand, even when we're struggling with things, and we go through a lot of stuff. But when we struggle, God is using that. If we, as we struggle and go through things, and the lost world sees us go through those things, and we rest in God, and we have a peace that passes understanding within us, and they see that, it is to draw them to Christ. How are we able to go through this? There's a peace of God, the grace of God. A friend of mine lost his son, their child, uh, uh, to leukemia years ago. And I remember when they flew him from England to, uh, to uh, North Carolina. And I was out of the military by this time, and, and I had called him, and I was talking to him while he was in the hospital in and. and he and his wife, Benita, they were just, it just broke their heart. And everything that little child had to go through. But when I called him, his name was Mickey Prosser. And when I called him, he was, he was Victor. Let me tell you what we're doing. There are other people in here going through the same thing our child is going through. And they were in there trying to comfort those people. Even while their child was going. Now, it, I mean, it, when he starts talking about this, it breaks his heart. And they end up losing their son. They weren't able to save him. But they used it as a time of ministry to other people to tell them, look, I, we're grieving with you, but we know there's a God and we know we will see our son again. And trying to give them a foundation of something to believe in, uh, to believe in and trust in and get into the world. What is truth? Let me ask you another question. Everything you do, and every, any person, everything any person does in their life, they do according to a worldview or a conglomeration of them. What does the word worldview mean? When I say a person has a worldview, what do you think that means? Or what do you know that means? What's their presupposition? Is there a God? Is there not a God? Are we accountable to God? Or is he just a figment of our imaginations? And then from that understanding, everything else flows in our in our thought processes, basically. Mm -hmm. um, if there is no God, then I'm not accountable to anyone. If there is a God, then I am accountable to him, and I'm a sinner, and therefore I need salvation. And then I'm told that I'm supposed to love God and love my neighbor. And that's when um, you see things happening like hospitals being built just for the sake of caring for people, as opposed to uh, abortion centers. Right. Right. Anyone else? What I think is a worldview can also be, even if they don't believe in a God, there is there can be accountability because their worldview is to care and love for others, for example. But it's mm -hmm. like the lens by which you see what's happening in the world and react to that. Ooh, I like that. I wish I had wrote that down. <laughs> 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 the lens by which you see through the world, the world through and you react to that. That's that's basically it. Every one of you sitting here has a worldview. Every one of you. Sometimes we don't even realize we have a worldview. It is the foundation by which you do any and everything you do in your life. It is what you believe. And that, that worldview 
they, they are personal at times. They can be similar to other people at times. They can, they can take on, um, you, you can build a worldview around a, a group, around a, uh, your nation, around a, around your family, around different things. You have worldviews that you live by. Some people have a worldview when they go home, they live by, and they live by a different worldview when they go out into the world. There are some things that people won't do at home that they do in the world, and there are some things people do do in the world that they won't do in the world. And so, but your worldview is why do is is how you conduct yourself on a daily basis when you wake up and go out into the world. <clears throat> You have a worldview. Every decision one makes is according to one's given, one's uh, established worldviews. They're not necessarily given, they're actually learned, and you pick them up. They are the foundation by which we conduct our lives. Uh, worldviews are what one believes thinks about and uses the guides one's life. They are heavily influenced by upbringing, experiences, friendships, religion, education, environment, and other factors. There's a person to be in love with God. Let's say it's a religious person and they love God and they're going to church. They're not necessarily saved, but they love God and they're going to church and they think they're on the way to heaven Tragedy hits their life. Their child dies, or they have an accident, a leg has to be taken. Something tragic happens in their life, and they go, why did you let this happen to me, God? I was going to church, I was tithing, I was doing, 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 doing this. If you love me, why did this happen to me? And all of a sudden, the world do change. I don't believe in God anymore. And they go live a different life. The world do change. They were following God's worldview until something inner hit their life to make them change their their way of thinking. Did the worldviews, excuse me? Did the worldview actually change them? Yes, because they were thinking that if I follow God's mandates, if I try to keep the Ten Commandments, if I do things, go to church, blah, 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 then this is how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to stay away from all those bad things that the world doesn't. I'm going to live my life according to this. But when that tragedy hit, all of a sudden, I don't believe in God anymore. But there's a God who wouldn't allow this to happen to me. So they had a wrong world. They had an incorrect worldview to begin with. Mm -hmm. in, that, in that instance. Well, and I'd say that their worldview was my understanding of it. It wasn't fixed. And that's the problem. It wasn't fixed. Most, most, most people's worldviews aren't fixed. That's why they shift all the time as they're growing up. And when you say fixed, you don't mean broken and repaired. You're talking about um, unchanging. Right. God puts in us, when we get saved, God puts his Holy Spirit there. You're not going to escape him. Mm -hmm. We can try to deny him, but he won't deny us. We can get mad at God. We have our moments up and down, but God keeps, he will keep drawing us back to him. And we have worldviews too. We have worldly world, other worldviews too, based upon things that we don't know in the word, word of God. When I was saved, I got saved young, uh, 11, 12 years age when God saved me at the boys club, but I didn't have anyone to teach me to go to church, do all these other things, to live your life, to be close to God. I just remember what the lady said after I, I, I made that profession of faith is read your Bible and pray. And I did. I went home and took my, I still have the Bible somewhere, took my mom's Bible that she never read. <laughs> and I read it. At first, I went through the New Testament. And I said, I wonder what else is in here. I start from Genesis and went all the way through. And I read it and read it and read it, marked it up, read it, read it, read it, read it. I mean, right now, I find out how it's all falling apart. But as I went through there, I started getting convicted by things. And certain things started changing in me. And I remember, I don't know. <laughs> I read that verse where it says, "Be not un don't, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, as the manner some is, and talking about marriage. And I thought about that verse, and I thought, that's true. Why would I want to marry someone that doesn't believe in God? Because if I do that, 
there's a chance my children will grow up not knowing who God is, and they may take her view or if she's not saved. Now I I was a, I didn't know much. I grew up in an AME church. I knew I knew our uh, responsive thing that we used to say. I believe in the God the Father and Maker of Heaven and Earth. I, I remember reciting that all the time, but I didn't know much about a lot of things. But as I read and as I grew, I began to learn. And when I got when I went into the military. And my, uh, my boss in South Carolina got saved at a church and he invited me out. Oh, actually, I invited myself. He was, trying, he was working on another guy trying to get him, trying to witness him, get him to go to church. And I just happened to come in and I said, I'll go with you. <laughs> and so, because I wanted, I wanted to experience, I want to be around God's people. I didn't understand. I just knew I wanted to. And I went and it was like, boom. And it happened to be a good church where I started learning and all that. And I started learning about ooh, baptism. And I said, oh, I, want to get, I need to be baptized. I'm saved. I said, I knew I got baptized as a baby sprinkled, and I knew my brother and I went and got baptized one day because everyone else was doing it, and we just wanted to go do it. <laughs> we weren't saved, but I said, I want to be I, I'm, I'm saved. I want to get baptized. So as I began to learn, my worldview began to change and change and change and start conforming to what God wants versus things I used to do. And I began to shed other things, other worldviews that I had, or sometimes I was in conflict with some of them. Oh, I want to be able to do this. But God says no. And I'm trying to figure out a way to make the word of God say I can do this. But the word of God <laughs> keeps hitting you and hitting you and hitting you pretty soon. No, nah, I got to conform to that. And so your worldview bounces, bounces around. And as you grow in Christ, your worldview will, even with him, begins to change and become more conformed to what God thinks versus what you think. You know, one of the things that happen when a person gets saved, God tells them to repent and believe the gospel. It is the turning away from the way you think about God, the way you think about, you know, God said, you know, uh, if God said that there's one way to go to heaven, you, got, you have to believe that. If God says, you should not uh, have sex before marriage. You've got to change that. If God says, don't be running around with people that are leading you into sin and all that, you got to change that. You may have to drop a friend or two. You got to, it's a conforming, it's a, it's a change. It's not always easy, but it's a conforming change. But when a person repents, that's what they're coming. They're coming to God with, I'm, I surrender. I'm going to trust you, your son, your word. I surrender. You're right, I'm wrong. And many people don't really want to come to God because they don't want to come all the way. They want to acknowledge him, but they want to keep their foot in the world of sin at the same time. I give God a look. God wants every bit of you, 100%. In salvation, when he saves you, he saves you from sin, 100%. He doesn't save his body, but your soul is saved. And that new person moves in there, and he struggles against that old nature. From the day you're saved to the day you die, that's just struggle. That's one way you know you're saved. It's not just feeling guilty. It is feeling conviction. When I sin, something's just not right until I confess it to God and repent of it and keep moving on. Something's just not, I don't lose my sonship. My, my children, they are, my children grow up to be like Adolf Hitler or, we always talk about him being bad. Stalin, we should say Stalin. That guy killed 20, 30 million of his own people. I mean, he made Hitler look like a piker compared to what other people did. And, you know, we are, um, he would still be my son if my child grew up to be like that. I wouldn't like it. And I can say, I can show you all I want. That doesn't work because his DNA and my DNA are, are my DNA is in him. Can't change that. It can break my heart. It can break fellowship, but it can never break sonship. And God can never break. Once God saved the born again experience, it, you can never break sonship. It's an interesting thought with, you know, you're talking about the breakdown of how easy it is for the church to fall apart because we allow 
either worldly thinking to come in or or just within we we begin to uh, divide and, and uh, struggle with our mind but the whole idea of sonship that, that was that was the uh, Israel's issue is like well we're, we're sons we have the birthright and we're good to go mm-hmm. for us there's that real struggle our sonship doesn't change but this is why like this is why there's so many epistles to the churches that there's they're corrective <laughs> like hey these are issues and this is why Paul's I was looking at Ephesians 4 I think we read it last week don't don't walk like the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds you know there's this constant reminder uh, so it's, and I, I think we see that in Romans where it's like don't you're sons but but don't simply sit back on your laurels saying oh well I've been adopted and I'm good mm-hmm. it's like no you as sons, you want to look like your father. Right. Yeah. Right. It might, you know, that's weird because my <laughs> uh, my children, they're older, you know, the ones that have moved out now. And Becca just left last week. She came back today <laughs> or yesterday. <laughs> and so, but she's going to be going back after after this vacation part. But I see things in them that they do that I do or Ramona does. And they don't always realize it. <clears throat> And I find I'm doing things that my mom did. I don't know what my dad, I didn't grow up with my father, but my mom, I, I do a lot of things my mom do. And I thought, some of the things I thought I would never do, but I find myself doing them. And I look back and say, my mom used to do that. <laughs> why, do, why am I like that? Because there's, there's a connection. We have, we have the image of God stamped on us. And that's another reason your worldview. I influence my kids' worldview. They may rebel against it, go against it. But I pray that, what's that verse says in Psalm, uh, train up a child in the way they should go. <coughs> and how the rest of the world? Yeah, we're we're not not old. Depart from it. Right. Some people say that means they'll slingshot back. I hope, I pray, mm-hmm. you know, if that, that, you know, because all my kids weren't saved. And so just because they grow up in a Christian home doesn't mean they're going to be saved. Jesus had the perfect teacher. He had 12 apostles, and one of them was the devil. Now, I want my children to be saved. I pray for my children to be saved. I'm trusting God to do that. And I'm to the point, I say, God, whatever you got to do. I don't care what you got to take them through. Some people want their children to be saved, but God, do it the easy way. Don't let them go through these hard times. But sometimes... If you really want to give your child to God, you got to let God do it his way. And it may be painful. I'm sure it was painful for Mary to see her son on that cross. Let me get back to what we were, what we're doing. Um, what is truth? Truth, uh, uh, truth, Truth is a fact or belief that is accepted as true. It may not be true, and it may be true, but it's accepted as truth. Uh, in our words, the evolution, for the most part, is accepted as a truth, even though it is a theory. A theory is not necessarily true. It is the best guess, best upon the best evidence, and until they can find something that proves it absolutely true, it is not necessarily true. A lot of theories have been washed away. As a matter of fact, on that on that issue, I, I read an article uh, t- this week. There's a, uh, there was a guy that brought up this lady. She works, she, she does biology and all this other kind of stuff and deals with evolution and all this. And she's having a crisis right now in her mind because they said the Hubble, not the Hubble, what's that new one out there? James, James Webb. The James Webb one that when it looked out into space, they found out, they said, it, they got a picture of something that proved that this, the Big Bang didn't happen. Because the Big Bang was supposed to be some little minuscule dot of energy or whatever, boom, blow up, blow up <coughs> push things out and that the, everything's expanding. So that when they look through that telescope and they said the further they look out, they should see things that are going smaller and going away. But what they're finding out when they're measuring, however they measure those distances, what they're finding, these things are still the same size as some of our planets and, and things like that. And they say, in, in the area, and they said, wait a minute, these things are not expanding. Something's wrong here. 
And then I said, well, is this just one person? So I, I got curious and so I started looking, looking, looking. And I found that there's some Indian doc, doctors from India that are doing the same thing. They're saying, this is wrong. We've run the calculation over and over and over and over and over again. The Big Bang does not work and they will not print our stuff. They will not put our stuff. They will not allow our stuff to be uh, peer, peer reviewed and all of that because that's too much invested in evolution right now. And that is thinking. Look, open your minds. Don't think that everything you're being taught is right or true. It may appear to be true, but it may not be true. Truth is the property of being in accord with fact and reality. Truth is the opposite of falsehood. I was writing all these definitions down. It's an established or verified fact or principle. And here's one I thought. The state or quality of being true to someone or something, truth to one's own feelings, is all important in life. I'm like, <laughs> you know, because my feelings can be telling me something, you know, uh, what's that song, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right, you know, and if it feels good, do it, you know, some things may feel good and get you in trouble, you know, so, you know, so we got to be careful with that. Uh, Truth is a complete and accurate account of the facts. I kind of like that one. You've, you use facts and evidence to get to the truth and find out what it is. Okay, um, how does philosophy and truth come together? Um, philosophy is an academic discipline concerning the study of fundamental nature, of the fundamental nature of, and of knowledge, reality, and existence. Uh, the prevailing worldview of philosophers today is existentialism and relativism. Relativism is, does anyone know what that relativism is? Test your knowledge. No absolute truth, basically. Right. That there's no absolute truth. Existentialism is that there is no, there's no such thing as good or evil, that things are, you can do what you want to do. But we're dealing with relativism, truth. There is no such thing as absolute truth. That is in the world today. Can someone give me an example of that? I mean, it's happening right now, big time. You're hearing it every single day. Transgenderism. Right. You hear about the eight-year-old lady at the YMCA? Have you heard, did y'all hear about that one this week? Eight-year-old lady. She's been a member of the YMCA for 30-something years. She's in there washing herself. Now they got open stalls and everything. And she's swimming. The people come in and say, you got to get out of the pool because it's now time for the little children to go in. So she gets out. She goes in there. She's showering and everything. Little girls are coming in, using the bathroom, taking off their clothes, getting ready to go swimming. And she hears something in the stall next to her with a baritone, and she says, are you a man? She actually asked him, Did you, do you have a man's appendage? This is what she actually asked him. And he said, uh, he goes, he goes, uh, he says, basically what else do you, I'm a, you know, I'm a girl, I'm a woman. She gets upset because she sees him peeking at those little girls. And she flies off down, she zoom out there, goes to the people up there, there's a man in here. She's trying to get him out of there. She, she goes fussing with them. They call the police on her. Young Man's Christian Association. <laughs> like I said, a Christian thing can go away. <laughs> they call the police on her. Then they kick her out and revoke her membership. If a person claims to be a woman, if a man claims to be one, we will treat that person as a woman and they have the right to be there and you don't have the right to criticize them. That's insanity. Can you imagine if 
If a person is a pedophile, I'm a woman. You can watch everything he wants to. I mean, that's insane. She had a, some people got around her and had a rally with her. And I, was, I, I watched it on, I watched some of it on the thing. And while she's doing it, the trans people came out there and they were shouting her down and doing all that stuff. And she was really having a hard time. But the other ladies and stuff, were, it was amazing. I didn't see too many men out there around them. And she was at, the other ladies were out there trying to give her support. <laughs> the amazing thing is some of the ladies were lesbians. The lesbians are now saying they don't want, they, what's it, LGBT, what is it? Yeah, that's right. I want to get that alphabet. <laughs> it's a salad, word salad. Uh, the Q, the Q, oh, wait a minute, the T on there, they want the T off. Because they say, <laughs> they, don't, they don't believe that. They don't want that attached to what they believe and what they, and, and they recognize that you may be transgender, but you're still a man. And the problem that they're having is men are now competing against them in sports. Women are losing scholarships. Girls are training and training and training, losing scholarships. You want to make a lot of money? Be a man, claim to be a woman, and go in some sport that makes a lot of money, like tennis. Go into tennis, beat all the women. I forget the person's name, but... I know this uh, well-known like Darwinian evolutionist, and he honestly said, I realize that if you play this out logically, I'm not accountable to anyone, therefore I can do whatever I want, and there's no good or bad. Right. And he, 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 he said, that is, you know, that's what I believe to be true. Like you play that out and you let that actually happen in the streets, there's like a timeout, no, that's not what we need sort of thing. And I, I see that with transgenderism is as perverted as things get with sexuality. It is that thing that even the people, uh, even the people who've been, you know, raising up LGBTQ plus, whatever it is, are saying, wait, timeout. This is, this has gone way past where, where, you know, we would want it to be. I showed Ramona lady on YouTube. And she got on YouTube. She said, I'm going to say something. And she said, it's going to be hard to hear. She's an older lady. She says, I'm a lesbian. She said, but if I had known way back then when we were fighting for our rights and fighting to come out of the closet, what effect that would have on children today? She said, I wish I would have never done it. Because they're beginning to see <laughs> things that are happening. You know, sometimes you want something, you get it, and you find out it's not the thing you want. But some of them see see that. And it's sad because plenty of people could have told you that 20 or 30 years ago. That this right. Is where it was headed. Well, people did. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, no one, no one was listening. Because when they, when they started about uh, gay marriage, I remember a guy on the radio called in and said, what if a man wants to sleep with an animal? And uh, the, the moderator, the, the radio person went off on, don't be ridiculous, no one is gonna go that, that far or whatever. You know what? If you read your Bible, God says a man should not sleep with, he talks about sleeping with animals. Why is he doing it? Because people were doing it. When you leave God, your mind, is you go far in things. Polygamy is coming back because how are you going to stop them? It's in the privacy of my own house. Right. Two men can marry three women. One woman can marry four men. And I mean, the gate is open. One of the, yes, for examples, another thing that came to mind was uh, just even, I think, more in the church is the debate over scripture and inerrancy and and that like relativism has had a major impact on that because it's it's said it's basically said no whatever you think scripture mm -hmm. whatever parts of scripture you like are true you know or whatever and we talked about that in Bible study on Tuesday it's like where do you stop 
if you if that if you let that start, like, oh, well, I, I believe in most of it, you know, the New Testament, or, well, I just believe in Jesus' words, well, I just believe in that, you know, throw Paul out, throw, or whatever, but, like, you can't, if you entertain it at all, it's either true or it isn't, mm-hmm. and it's either in, inerrant or it's errant, right? It can't be some, and, and so I think that's another way that relativism has kind of, like, seeped into the church. Like your friend, what he started with was denying Paul, and now he denies everything. Yeah. He used to be, would have claimed right. to be a Christian. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I think there's a, a certain amount of, like, I don't know if it's an actual belief or is it just an appearance, but I think Christians can have, I'll just say, an appearance of relativism because it's like, well, those, those LGBTQ people are pretty bad. Like, look at that. That's craziness. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do I expect of the world? Uh, the fact that I can abstain from that or respond correctly to something or obey God in faith, any of that is a grace from God. And so to, to do any of these good things are by His grace alone. And were it not for His Spirit and the Word, uh, I would be as they are. And mm-hmm. that should inform my humility yeah. and compassion for the lost. And that's why we're told to pray for the leaders, uh, not just in the church, but in the world and in whatever sphere of influence. Let me ask a question. You just made me think of something. Are all sins... Before God... Do they all carry the same weight of value? I'll, I'll answer from my own my own personal conviction. I believe Scripture says every every sin is worthy of the wrath of God, but there are degrees of sin. Right. The, the Bible teaches that some you think of Judas and others, but some will suffer more. Whatever that suffering looks like, we don't know, but some will suffer more than others because some sins namely knowing having been presented with the truth of Christ and rejecting it that suffers more than someone who never knew the truth and just dies in their sins Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. every sin is worthy of God's wrath eternally yes but there are degrees what put us in this situation Mm -hmm. every wicked thing and there's some wicked things you you got adults there are wicked things that are going on daily it's all because and we would say that's a little sin that's one of the I greatest. think in a way we make sin relative in that sense some things are relative in in degree I get the Catholic churches a lot you got venial and whatever their different yeah. levels are. you got different levels of sin and doing all this other kind of stuff. But, no. In the ladies' study, we were going through Romans, and we were um, parsing out, you know, Romans 1, the last part of Romans 1, where it lists, you know, um, all of the evil things. God gave them over to the reprobate mind, and God gave them over to all their lusts and all their evil things, and it lists a whole slew of things one being disobedient to your parents another one being you know um, sexual immorality and it goes from all in between right. and um, we were discussing how you know all of those are deserving of death of God's wrath like you said and all of those um, are deserving of death because you broke God's law right well Disobedience, my kids disobeying me, is not really going to affect you. It might affect my whole family, whatever we had decided that day, but it's not going to affect you or your family. It's still a sin, but their consequences are not going to affect you. However, there are other sins, like sexual immorality, that can affect others. So the consequences are going to be varied because... Uh, what it affects here. But on a vertical uh, standpoint, 
disobedience to parents is on the same level as, you know, sexual immorality, mm -hmm. you know, for eternity. This is, and you made me think of something, gave me another thought too. Speaking of that, when Moses was up on the mountain, God said, don't let anyone or anything come and touch that mountain. If a baby crawled over there, some child just got loose and crawled over and touched that mountain, that baby would have died. Mm -hmm. I'm so, oh, that's cruel. That's how holy God is. And we think of sin, and I think and what made me, we just gave me a thought, don't we sometimes treat lost people in a relative manner based upon their sin? <clears throat> One reason we have the homosexuals so mad at us, because I've heard preaching and I've been in the pew going, amen. <laughs> And her preachers say this, put them on an island and nuke them until they go. Mm -hmm. And then one day I thought, wait a minute, what am I saying? Mm -hmm. My brother's a homosexual. I don't want him to be nuked. I want him to be saved. Mm -hmm. And then in Corinthians, it said, and such were some of you. Mm -hmm. And Jesus told him that when they, you know, the Paul said, God, Jesus, shouldn't we just rain down fire on these people? You don't know what spirit you are. We tend to treat some people worse than others based upon their sinful condition that they're in. But if you really, really think, if you want to do it in a degree, another man sleep with another man, another woman sleep with another woman, is that worse than a husband cheating on his wife, abandoning his children? Man, that man sleep with another man, and another man, he's doing bodily damage to each other or whatever the consequences there. But if I were to cheat on my wife, I'm damaging her, I'm damaging my children. Maybe their children come because they may go through divorces and do, you know, it carries on. And we just tend to look at things. That's what you know with all the puritanical stuff and all that stuff in the back, because we're we're raping sin in a relative manner. This one is better than this one, and we can hang around that sinner because he's not as bad as that sinner. That sinner needs to be put on an island and nuked. And where is it the love? What's driving this? What's driving this wacky stuff? You, you know, when you try to talk to people, and you're, you're giving them, you're telling them the app, you're telling them the truth, you're just showing them the urge away, and they can't. They can't see it, or they seem like, and that drives you nuts. You just get mad at them. I was listening to, uh, you know, if you hit script, I was listening to uh, Jordan Peterson, and he was talking to, I don't know if you know, he's a Canadian psychiatrist or something, and uh, he goes around speaking about different things. Uh, he claims to be a Christian, but when you find he had some wacky views about Christianity, though. <laughs> but he was speaking to this British lady, and she was talking to him about the pronouns, use of the pronouns. He said, as a teacher, shouldn't you be, when if a student of yours came in there and said they want to be called by a certain pronoun, wouldn't it wouldn't you be uh, wouldn't you be wrong to treat that 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 student uh, wouldn't it be bad of you to treat that student uh, another way if you if you didn't use his pronoun, his or her pronouns? And he goes, he goes, no, he said, actually, if someone came in my class and they wanted me to call them by a certain name and they were, they were trans or whatever, and they, I, he said, I would do it or I may do it. He says, what I'm against is if the country, if the government comes to me and says, you have to believe this, he says, I'm not going to, that's a, that's a, I'm not going to, um, that's an island I'm going to stand on and fight. You're not going to make me believe that these pronouns or applied to these people. And so then she said this, and the first time I heard it, I never got it. I heard it again the next time, then it, boom, I said, what? And I went back and said, let me hear that again. She said, don't you think that people have the right to not be offended? That is the key. And I went, what? They believe people have a right that is a human right to not be offended. So when you go and says this, say this is wrong, you're a bigot, you're homophobe, you're this, da 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 da. 
part of that's driving that because they actually believe when you I was listening to a lot of uh, uh, philosophy stuff in there they actually believe that all the wars and all the evils and all this stuff that's happened in the world and all the conflict is because certain people believe they are right and then they go and impose what they think is right upon other people and but if we get rid of that and we just be accepting of everything you're a man that think you're a woman okay I may not believe that but I will accept that and I will not offend you because I don't have the right to offend you. And if I do offend you, I'm in the wrong. That's why when you hit them with logic and you hit them with the uh, the right answers, they kind of stop and they get mad and they, get, they foam it and they start hurling insults and wanting to hurt you and beat you up and all that kind of stuff because they don't have an answer to it. All they know is you offended me. You bigot, you this, you that, 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 that. And that's why you can't get past that unless they're thinking. This is relativism. It's in school systems. It's in, it's in co I mean, college. Uh, one guy said uh, from uh, Prager, he was talking to Peterson. Also, he says, do you think today, setting aside the STEM courses, science, uh, being a doctor, being a lawyer, being some of those things, I wouldn't put lawyer in there though, but <laughs> these, these kind of things, uh, engineer, these kind of things that re re require precision and all that. Do you think it is wise to put your kid today in a, in, in a university or a college? He says, no. He says, because all they become are Marxist indoctrinational sinners. And they are. They're forcing relativism on your kids. Something, something that I was thinking of recently in the whole <laughs> pronoun discussion. Just, I, I, it's a, I think, a blatant sign that it is a rebellion against God because all these people who say if someone wants to be a he, him, or she, her, then we should call them that. They turn around and call God she. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You show me in his word where he wants to be called she. <laughs> it's just, it's rebellion against God. It's right. hatred. That's, right. That's what it is. Which, we don't have enough time to get there, but right. you guys know these scriptures anyway. That's what I was going to get to at the, toward the end of this. Is look, at, look at this. This all goes back. This is not new. This goes all the way back to heaven. Lucifer mm -hmm. and Isaiah. I will, I will, I will. I will be like the most high. Five I wills. Gets kicked out of heaven with some of the angels. Adam even in the garden. Goes there and tipped down. You shall, God knows if you eat thereof, you shall become like God, knowing good and evil. I, that bugged me for a long, uh, many years. What does it mean, knowing good and evil? Knowing good and evil. I'm looking at the scriptures, and one day it dawned on me. Who sets the standard for what is good and evil? God does. He's telling them you can become your own God. Who is God to tell you what is good or evil? That's relativism. Who are you to tell me what is good or evil? Be your own God. Whatever you, if you want to go that way, I may not believe it, but I, I will accept it. You're your own God. Do the thing you want. I have a question. Do you think that there's a risk of is, this, is it relativism? Maybe I'm thinking of a different term, like the risk in, in like in Bible study. And um, I, I've grown up in church, read through a lot of different Bible studies, and some of them. I, how to phrase this? Is there a risk of relativism creeping in, and and the idea that um, that this can mean whatever you want it to mean, whatever mm -hmm. it means to you? So I'm reading this passage, and, and you you pull out of this almost a mystical like, what does this mean to you? Yeah. And or yeah, I, I've read books that, it, and, you know, as I get you know older and study wisdom like that, that was a wrong idea. They they did not apply that right. They're they're either applying it specifically to kind of fit fit their lens worldview. But it, what's the risk there? Is that would that Isn't be that relativism? Right. Wouldn't that be where like denominations have come from? Right. Probably. Yes. Yeah. And I put and that. Even down into personal that was one of my put in. How did what, how do we see it in the church? Yeah. Ecumenical movement, all the religions come together, put doctrine away. Wokeism is in the church. Yeah. 
listen to these two preachers talking about they're not going to have picnics anymore because the word picnic goes back to the days of slavery when they lynched people and, and whipped people and people would come out and have a picnic and that's not where the word came from. Then he, someone corrected him on that. He said, even, but even though I know the word comes from a French word, meaning, I can't say the French word, da, 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 da. It had nothing to do with this, any of this. We're not going to have picnics anymore. I guess they're going to have church function. One church got rid of a, they wouldn't do a choir thing or something. Pushed to the side, we're going to have trans day. And they had all these trans websites coming down the aisle. The prosperity gospel, that right. whole concept. Worship God the way you want to. All roads lead to heaven. Excuse me, but didn't uh, God destroy those who brought unauthorized fire? Mm -hmm. No, he worshiped God the way God wants to be worshipped, right. the way that he says he is to be worshipped. Right. There is an objective truth, whether you want to believe it or not. And this whole relativism thing, and is the, the end of it is if you disagree with anybody else, anybody else, you are now guilty of the worst sin, which is allowing people to have their own thoughts about God, mm -hmm. which is incorrect because there is a truth. There is an, act, an actual, observable, objective truth. And we have it in the scriptures because he, obviously, um, natural revelation isn't enough to make us right with God. It's only enough to make us condemned before God. The special revelation of that we can be made right with him through his son, well, that's offensive to people. Why? Because it tells them that they are not as good as they say they are. Well, then how does that affect my relativistic, my view? How does that affect my ability to, to oh, wait a minute, like Adam, be my own God? That's the final end of it, is to completely destroy God's truth, which can't be done. Right. Amen. I think that's one of the most dangerous things. And um, I mean, especially, I guess, from my perspective as a woman, there's so much Christian self-help mm -hmm. books out there, for lack of a better term, Christian devotional guides, that sort of thing written by. And it, I think that's dangerous because for, you know, it's easy to say, like, Oh, that the whole world's about that's not an issue. I'm not, you know, I I believe I'm you know. But then you read these these books and it's just it it just twists. It's it's all about how this passage applies to you and your life. It's it's it becomes very selfish versus what's the truth in this passage. And I guess I got sometimes it's hard to, to determine when you creep into that and when it's just application, because I believe God can speak through scripture to your life, but the risk is in twisting I want, that. I want to challenge y'all this week. Whatever you hear on the radio, watch TV, watch your kids' cartoons. <laughs> Find how many woke things come out in them. It's, there's a lot of it, but we don't realize it. There's a lot of teaching going on in all of this stuff. It's shaping minds. My kids, I thought about this. My kids woke up in the years 2000 and something. They don't know what it was like in 1960 and 70 and 80 when I, when I was growing up. I don't know what it was like when my mom was growing up in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Different moralities. They think running around watching men, two men kissing and two women, they think it's, it's natural and normal because they woke up in this. It used to be easy to get in the pulpit and preach against that. Now you wonder, huh, if I preach against that, would they shut my church down? Mm -hmm. They're forcing you to choose what you believe. You can't, you're not gonna be able to dodge it. And we shouldn't. Amen. Yeah, be warned, once you start doing that, you're gonna have a whole lot less stuff to watch and enjoy and a whole lot less entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> what kind are we supposed to, supposed to think? Because there's so much stuff. Not to watch, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my final thing, this is your filter. Yeah. yeah. This is why God tells you the desire to sincere and the word that you may grow with everybody. It is profitable for doctrine, proof, correction, correction in righteousness, instruction in righteousness. You learn the straight stick. Just you study and you learn this. When bad things come, you'll see it. God knows we're in the world. We're going to see things and experience things or whatever. I can watch 
Star Trek or something, I see a lot of relativism, wokeism, and everything else in that. But I can watch it and enjoy it. But when I get those parts, I don't imbibe it because mm -hmm. I know that's wrong. That's mm -hmm. wrong. My, I drive my kids because I get in, watch TV, and I say, that's not true. Yep. That's not true. You know, it just springs out. This is your filter. Yep. When you feel that way, go find out what God said about it. This is what's supposed to keep you sustained when the world assaults you with all of these. What say the Bible says, don't be tossed about with every wind of doctrine and philosophies of men. Yep. This is your sustainer. This is why you should read it and learn it. Get it in your head. It acts as a filter. You're going to have to see things. You're going to have to experience things. We're in the world. He said, don't take us out of the world, but keep us from the evil of the world. Mm -hmm. This is what's supposed to help us do that. And it's hard, even with this. Father, thank you for today and your grace. Give us wise minds. Give us Christ-like hearts. Help us to love the sinner. Help us to hate sin. And help us to keep ourselves true to you who you are, and reflect you in our lives. We can't do this. We need you to do it in us and through us. You're the same God that had to save us. You're the same God that's got to help us live this Christian life. And we expect and trust you to do that in Christ's name. Amen.